Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show podcast for January 24th, 2022. From the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, my name is Timothy Michael McKernan across from Action Jackson, who, well, he is fresh off of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and another unfortunate Sports Center update. Jackson, uh, tell me how that one felt. It was it was simply almost like the scariest moment of my career because never in my life, not even before radio ever, have I ever froze to a point where my brain stopped working, all of my muscles shut down. It was truly, it was like I was a deer in the headlights to the truest extent of it. We've like, been doing Balloon Party now, and that means we've been at Hubbard now for three weeks, I guess. That's the I mean, math, yeah. the start of our fourth. Okay. All right, there it is. Uh, and... And I've now seen that look on your face three times in the 101 ESPN studio. I've never seen that look on your face on TMA. I know. Is it in your head? Yeah, it's definitely in my head. And if I, for whatever reason, I'm just essentially, it's the simplest form of sports casting is just reading off scores. But for whatever reason, if I blank on something while that mic is hot in front of me, I can't, I can't get back. Now, you have no aspirations of being a broadcaster. Not like a... Not ever like a like a general sportscaster, not like that. But I, yet, what I understand, and you're going to get the, the most likely here within the next few days, you'll be running point on TMA, right? Uh, as uh, my wife is going to be giving birth at any moment. Uh, when you run point, I get a lot of people saying you do a really good job. Dead serious. Yeah, which I appreciate, but so much which of that to me would be more difficult than doing a 15 second update. That if you go, hey, can you do the update today? I go, fine, just throw it over to me. And I'm not saying that to be, it's just, to me, they're both, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, it's interesting, but like, hey, I'm sure people watched me throw the ball over the first baseman's head at St. Louis U High, or throw the ball into the ground, which was 100% mental, and go, what in the hell's wrong with this guy? How is he the starting second baseman if he can't make the throw from second base to first base? But it was a hundred percent mental. So what I'm saying is now it's like it's like Iggy and the putting. Yeah, it's in your head. Right, a hundred percent. I would say the difference between running point on TMA and doing that. What do we have? What's the difference? It's team ball with TMA. I can. Somebody's got to run point. Doug and the cat didn't like running point. Right. I don't I, know if they ever have run point. No, I don't think so. Maybe once in a blue moon. But I I can dish. I can dish in there. Whereas the Sports Center update, it's it's me against the world. It's all it's just like basketball. I'm a great five on five player. I can work the ball around. I, I will continue to offer. I will do the Sports Center update. Nope, you still. will not. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna conquer this. There beast. are people in the Jeremy Rutherford texts me. He goes, I've never stayed in the car to listen to a Sports Center update, and now I sit in the car to see how he handles Sports Center. Right, update. it's kind of must, it's kind of must listen to radio at this point. So I can't let the people down. So I'm gonna keep doing them, but. But it's just like in bat, five on five, good ball player, good court vision. If we played one on one, I would be much. You would think oh, this guy isn't very good because I, mm. for whatever reason, mm. I, I, I excel when I have people I can dish to. Interesting. So and also TMA scares me. So I just it's so much different. I feel like I don't know. Some so TMA it. doesn't get in your head at all. Uh-uh. Like you probably will be running point on Tuesday, January twenty fifth tomorrow. Yeah. And you'll be like, all right, it is what it is. 
You just open it and then. But well, yet, Doug, the cat got? and Doug, both of who have like a combined for real seventy years in broadcasting, <laughs> yeah. never wanted to run point. Well, I, I know Doug answers is he doesn't like to talk that much, and so that's kind of his idea of it. And I mean, it's when you're running point on TMA, it's just get in, get us in from break, get us out to break, and then hit a reset every once in a while, read a couple texts. I can do that. But with the Sports Center updates, man, it's. It's a. I'm really on an island out there, and I don't. And I'm just not confident. I was. I I don't pay attention all that often no. unless all of a sudden I notice nobody's talking over there right, in the middle right. of it, which is what happened today. <laughs> and then you were staring at me. I, I didn't. I, I like I said, my brain turned completely off. But what happened? And part the, of me wanted to just not say anything to just right. see how long it would go. It would have gone. And then I'm like, I feel terribly for this guy because I saw the fear on your face, and I just yelled, "You froze when the Rams will play the." And you couldn't think of the team they were playing, and I just yelled, 49ers. That's so embarrassing. I, it's not a big deal. Oh, I know it's not a big deal. It's just for me. It's just like a thing I just I don't like to. But, I get, yeah, it's like I, I get it. I, I'm telling you, the thing from throwing the ball from second base to first base, when I played in the Cardinal Fantasy Camp three years ago now, almost probably like right around this time, uh, three years ago, it was January of 2020 or 2019, dead serious when they started having us field ground balls and we started second base i swear and it had been 25 years it was in my head yeah that even though i know i can make the throw right. will it come back will the monster come back right and it's like you get that feeling in your hand like you can't grip anything oh ugh, it makes it, my palms are sweating know, now over. it's it, so it, mental that feeling you have where you can't grip anything and it oh. really makes you feel like you can't do anything if i would have gone another second or two without saying what would have happened i would have just hit the button and gone. <laughs> I would just, I would just. Oh, then fuck me for saying 49ers. Right, I would have just, I would have, I would have just hit that and gone and, and just sat and waited for Tayoka. I think I was scrolling. Th- I'm dead serious. I think I was scrolling through my Instagram. I'm like, I thought we were coming back, and then you started doing the sports. I'm like, oh, I got more time, so I'll see what's doing. I know Abigail Mack had a wonderful vacation, right. and uh, and then all of a sudden, and here's Ella Reese, uh, and uh, and I and I heard the dead silence, and I looked over like. And then you were, you were looking at me, and I'm like, "Oh God, he needs a lifeline." Uh, I need it, yeah, I need. And that. I had barely been paying attention, but I was virtually certain you froze on who the Rams were going to be playing. A hundred percent. And I didn't because I thought, okay, I know the Chiefs are going to be playing the Bengals. I knew, I know the 49ers won. I mean, hell, we talked about it all day on TMA. I watched the game, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, when you get there and you blank, and then you realize you're blanking, it's now like just compounding into this just awful, awful problem, and it it went. Quite poorly for us. <laughs> Certainly, it was like I thought the Marquette Golden Eagles thing was bad, but when you listen back to that, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Not but, at all. No, but wouldn't even have been noticeable. When you listen to this one, it is going to be a like a noticeably we long. Get so many texts, I, I, but now it's because we've drawn attention to it, which is fine, I, and I like it. I think it's good for. It's just I'm sure funny. people are thinking now we're just doing like a sketches and bits, sketches and bits. I, I wish it was a sketch and a bit. I would generally, my body never felt like that in my life, but. Uh, as soon as I finished and we got back home with Tayo, guys, I minimized the text inbox. I couldn't look. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, that's astute. It took me a few years to realize there are places on the internets where I know that people gather to attack me. Right. It's it's a, it's just something that. I, I don't know. I guess I can't identify who the person was, but this person would be somebody who would go. A person has to have discipline. And he said, I wish I had your 
discipline. Now, he's talking about eating. He wasn't talking about, because only a few people are lucky enough to have places on the internet where you are a source of joy right, uh, right. for hate. But, um, and I'm like, yeah, but if, if after a while, if you know that you put your hand on the oven, it's going to burn you, you right. eventually go, okay, I'm not going to put my hand on the oven. Right. And so it kind of becomes easy. Anytime Dan Caesar writes about me, there will be 20 comments and it's it's just it's just people hating. Yeah. And while it's kind of amusing in a way, and I don't know how to describe, kind of like the one on one text line yeah, yeah, when we yeah. read it, because yeah. it's just because it's not the demographic we appeal to. Well, it's it's that, and it's also yeah, I like I don't want to go on Tucker Carlson's show and be a hit. Right. Exactly. If that, <laughs> that if be, that makes sense. If that happened, oh my god. <laughs> like I don't want the STL Today commenters to be on board with me. Right. Exactly. I don't want. Michelle Bachman and Sarah Palin to have a tea party and go, we think Tim McKernan would be a great great candidate. I'd go, oh, fuck, the hell happened to me right. that they're on board with me. You see right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so in a way, it's kind of funny. Now, if Doug or Joe Buck or Brandy Carricker down the hall here, John Hewlett or, you know, Riz or somebody like that said, hey, I was listening to whether it be TMA or your podcast or Bloom Party, the fuck are you doing? What's you gotta, you know? Right. Then I'd go. Oh, well, these are people who are right. successful and, and you opinions know. you value. Yeah, but my personality, and maybe I've said this to Gangster Pete before, is hateable. I don't know necessarily why. I just know that it is, mm. and it probably would be profitable to swerve into the hatred. Right. But because at this point in my life. My interest is more my family than spending time on social media where I could build up that that hate base mm. to make it profitable. I don't do it. But if I would have been more cognizant of it a decade ago, pre-having children, and then knowing that it's actually a business model. It's a business model. Big time. Um, that uh, I could have made some more money. <laughs> So, so, so now I kind of recognize it. I don't know, I don't know if people really hate Iggy. I think some people are bothered by him, but I don't think people hate him. I don't think people hate Doug. I think some people hate his political opinions. Right, but they can't deny that he's a great, great guy guy. who's unbelievably funny. Uh, People don't hate you, and uh, people don't hate the Plowhawk like they hate me. But they don't like necessarily some of his takes and feel like he's trolling. Right, right. That's I think I think I think I've just diagnosed the TMA Deus. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if anybody on 101 is hated. I can't imagine. I can't imagine who's going to hate Randy Carriker, Michelle yeah. Smallman. They're all so such good people. I, don't I think BK and Ferrario might they might not like their takes. And then Brad Thompson and Jamie Ers and yeah. Anthony Stalter. I don't know. Maybe 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 there are, and I'm just completely unaware of it. So. Uh, with that all uh, said, we do have uh, QFTA. Uh, my wife is a uh, so the the deal is at nine o'clock tonight we're on the clock, mm. and she is supposed to be induced. Right. However, because hospital staffing is low with both COVID and with people working in uh, the medical community just getting out of it. Yeah. Um, with the pandemic, uh, there is a waiting list. Mm. So I may be meeting my son in the next 24 hours, or it might be a few days. It's a very odd spot. Yeah. And it's created anxiety for my wife more so than we had our first child, because in that case, 
she just went into labor. Right. And there's nothing to think about. Yeah. It's just in this go. case, it's like, okay, what do I got? I know we're going in. I think we're going in. We don't know if we're going in. And if we do, what's going to happen? And, yeah. you know, so it's a, it's an odd uh, time. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird to like plan plan to be sure. at this place to do this. Because then it's in your head. I mean, of course, we can't relate, but the birthing process doesn't seem like it's a pleasant experience. No, it seems like a big. Big fat W that we were born as men. So that's uh, that's the, you got that, and then we now have a four year old. So yeah, you know yeah. uh, how we're gonna. And the other thing is, and I'm sure some of you listening have had uh, children over the course of the last two years since the pandemic started. Is and I'm I'm very grateful that we had our son when we had him in August of 2017 because our whole family could be there. Right. You know that was one of the great moments mm-hmm. you ever see the film parenthood which was based in kirkwood fun fact for no one i've seen the first Steve Martin. 15 to 20 and then you had enough and you said i'm done i was like i was like eight years old i can't remember what i was for some i would say it would have to fall under the category of good from what i hear it's, it was a tv show too right it was yeah but the, the movie was with steve martin yeah uh, jason robards big jason robards big fan. Seems like, jason robards oh are fan. you really oh all the he president's was men gone before you were born i'm sure he was but all the president's men wow. it was great and, and i loved the movie little big league and he plays he's a he's got a role wow in that. that's a sneaker so play for robards a guy, guy who was the bad guy in tom hanks philadelphia yeah uh so with all of that said you know the family there when you have your child is a is a great thing that can't happen now you have uh you are allowed one person outside of the significant other. So, really? Yep. So Anna Marie's mom will be present, and then it's like then it's like a rotation of some kind. Yeah. If it even works that way, I don't even I don't even know how it'll work. Maybe your dad will be there too, and and then you want you know for health purposes, it's a whole it's a it's a much it's a much different situation. Right. Either way, I will. I really don't want to. If we would have been at Hubbard for a couple of years. I think I would take a good amount of paternity. Sure. But in this situation, since we've only been here for three weeks, entering our fourth week, I just don't feel good about missing a bunch of time. So maybe a few days. I don't know. Jackson, I don't know. But you're ready to go. And then on Balloon Party, BK and Ferrario will be hosting the show. Personally, I just wanted you to go in there and give takes for an hour. Boy. (laughs) I'm really glad BK and Ferrario are taking over. I I'd be, I'd do one segment and be like, well, fellas, I'm fresh out of takes. Someone come relieve me. I'd need a spot starter to come in there and piggyback off of me. Maybe Matt Rocky and I could just break down the NBA, but I'm not really interested in the hate text. So. Yeah, the, uh, the, so that, that's the, that, that's the plan. Um, as far as the, uh, podcast go, we have the pick six podcast presented by Telemore do, and I have a one game lead on producer Joe. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yep. You have a one game lead. And you have same amount of losses, so it's really it's coming at you two. It's going to wow. be a two man race between you two. Wow! Could wow, Joe wow, wow. come out of the basement and and win it, or will you? You were champion what two years ago? I think yeah, when I had that weatherman who went right, on like right. a sixty five percent against the spread heater. Right. Holy shit! So anyway, you're always welcome to send in questions for questions from the audience. T McKernan at InsideSTL dot com. Uh, you're always welcome to uh, email questions, comments, erotic stories, whatever. And uh, and participate. Plus, you can do it for Balloon Party as well. So you can specify. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, questions from the audience podcast. Some good news regarding the podcast. The interviews are coming back. The interviews are coming back. Joe Buck and I have uh, been texting for a while. Um, and uh, I don't know if it, he was talking about this week because I get the sense that once he calls his last football game on Sunday, he might be heading out yeah. for a while. 
Which would make sense. I, uh, I, and so he's like, yeah, let's just do next week. And I'm kind of like, oh, Marie's supposed to be. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I didn't know it was that close. I said, yeah. So anyway, I, and here's the thing. This is, this, is, this is for the audience. Who would you like to hear from? Because I love doing interviews. Probably my favorite thing in this business is doing interviews. Uh, it, it might be why Sound Story has turned into what it's turned into, because I just am curious what people. I'm just curious. It, it doesn't. The person doesn't have to be, quote unquote, celebrity. Uh, obviously, that's the case with Sound Story when we're interviewing people who, you know, in almost every case, I didn't know before I'm interviewing them. Yeah. Um, and I love doing it. I love love doing it. If anything, I feel less pressure doing an interview with Joe Buck than I do with interviewing somebody's mother who's, you know, the, the, the interview and what the person says is something that I know is going to live forever. Um, and I want to make sure I do my job. Uh, with me and Joe, it's just like, all right, we're just going to, we're just going to bullshit. But point being, who would you like to hear on the Tim McKernan Show podcast? Uh, if you've been listening for a while, you know we had a run of guests for about two and a half years up until the pandemic who would almost all come in studio. I don't know if that's going to happen again. Like my guess is if I were to interview Joe this week, and I don't think that's likely just because of the baby situation, uh, he would probably be saying we're going Zoom. Right. Because he's not going to come in here when he's about to call the NFC Championship game and risk COVID. No. It's just not going to happen. I don't know. At this point, I think he's just like... Yeah, this is the way we do these things. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but that's fine. So that was a great run that people would come into studio. Yeah, how cool is that? At the same time, the other side of it is is now it might open us up to getting more people on who before we wouldn't get on because we're like, well, they can't come in studio. Sure. We can just have them on Zoom. Sure. So who would you like to hear from? Uh, and I'm asking that open-endedly. I'm truly asking because with, with Jackson who is now in the guest booking learning process, and uh, Matt Rocchio, who's now over here at Hubbard, um, and the Rolodex of the producers at 101 ESPN, Tommy Mattern, who's the head of programming at Hubbard. I don't want to say we can get anybody, but... Um, we can try. We certainly can try, and, and, and I love having conversations. And I know a lot of people who've been listening to the podcast for a long time miss the interviews. So uh, those will be... Uh, coming back, and I'm and I I love doing them myself. I love doing doing sound story. I love doing interviews. So that's coming back. So that's good news. So email me uh, your who you like to hear from. It's a free for all, man. T McKernan at InsideSTL.com. There's no such thing as a bad suggestion. There is a good chance that it might not happen. If it is saying, hey, can you get Barack Obama or Donald Trump on? It's probably not going to happen. But um, I certainly enjoy the process of firing shots and seeing if it can happen, and uh, it's the only way that you're going to score. So, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Ryan Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com, the sponsor of the studios on the Tim McKernan Show. And uh, I am very happy to hear, I got a house sent to me, Jackson. Mm. Are you mm. starting to look around now that you ball so hard, now that you're FM radio and, you know, 23 years old and the ladies love your style and you're trying to get married, bro? Uh, not for, like, single-family homes, but that part rings so damn true. Uh, not for, like, single-family homes, but definitely apartments. I mean, you have to. You got to. Yeah, you and got to. Uh, if you are in the market, my real estate agent sent me something right in the middle of a balloon party earlier today. And I was looking at it, and I was in the middle of hosting the show, so I didn't spend a lot of time. And I'm kind of like, oh, that looks really good. So I know what we can do because we got pre-approved with Ryan Kelly, and that is so important. Uh, Ryan says if you thought 2021's market was absurd as far as trying to buy a home, 
2022 is going to be even crazier. So you got to be pre-approved. And I think some people go, well, it's going to be a whole thing. I'll just I'll just make an offer. Well, if somebody else makes the same offer and they're pre-approved and you're not, guess who's going to get the house? That's why it's important to do. And then you also might think, well, it's a whole thing, and I don't want to I don't want to take the time. Well, what I'm telling you is I got pre-approved last year, and it was super easy. And considering how important it is, it's it's something that it is worth the handful of minutes it takes. And then Ryan Kelly's staff, the HomeLoanExpert.com team, do everything. On top of that, if you have not refinanced yet this year, do so with the HomeLoanExpert.com. I did it in April 2020, and the rates have dropped so much that I'm thinking about doing it again. TheHomeLoanExpert.com is who can help you with it. It's who I recommend. Ryan Kelly and the HomeLoanExpert.com team. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. He is my insurance agent. Once you get your home with Ryan Kelly, get it insured with James Carlton. Located in Webster Groves, 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. I made the switch because I noticed after having one emergency situation where James had to help me out that this was a different operation, a much better operation, and I'm very happy that I made the switch. They do all the paperwork for you. It couldn't be any simpler to do. I know Ryan Kelly. I know James Carlton. I know Mark Hanna. That's why I vouch for these people. I know Jamie Burkhardt. I know Clayton Patterson. I know Seth Goldcamp. If I didn't know them, I wouldn't talk about how great they are. If I wasn't a client, I wouldn't talk about how great they are. I really do know these people, work with them, and that's why I recommend them. You're, I'm telling you, just give them a call. I mean, even if you don't wind up doing business with them, you'll hear what I'm talking about. 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. Now, for full transparency, I am not a Mark Hanna client. I have been with somebody forever, but you are. And I have actually talked with Mark about business decisions, and he's so... I, I, I mean, I, I know it sounds like a joke, but he's like a life Sherpa. Yeah. He is your financial advisor. He really is. He's he's so kind oh, yeah. and wise, even though I think we're like the exact same age. Right, right. And he's so he's such a great guy. He is absolutely wise. A life Sherpa, I think that's a wonderful way of putting it. I think he really is a life Sherpa. Uh, but most thing, mostly, he's just an incredible financial advisor. Like, I was so lost when it came to what I was going to do with my money for the future. Like, I had no plan really to even think about it. And then, you know, I've heard Mark Hanna spots forever on the show. I come on the show, start working for it, and I talk to Mark Hanna every Thursday. I said, why am I not getting in touch with this guy? Because everyone says he knows so much and he can help you out. So why not Why not get myself helped out? I did. And now I'm, act, I'm like, mad at myself that I didn't do it earlier. Like, I'm mad that I even thought. You're otherwise. 23. What can you be mad about? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just mad that I didn't do it the second I got the job at the show because Mark Hanna is the best, mm-hmm. man. He really is. I mean, I'm now taken care of. I don't have to worry about it. I call Mark every you know, six months or so, and we just talk it over. You know, we might talk about finances five, ten minutes and just talk about life for another 10, 15 minutes. And you get off the phone with Mark and you said, that's a good guy right there, and I'm glad he's handling my money. So he can handle your money, too. If you're just like me and you didn't have a plan, you didn't have any idea what you wanted to do with your finance or your portfolio, you're just going to plan on figuring it out down the road, bad idea. Instead, call Mark Hanna, and he'll straighten you all out. He'll educate you on the best plan for you, and he'll check in. You guys can have a wonderful conversation because Mark really is the best. And if you already have someone, consider making the switch. I, I wouldn't say it unless I really meant it. Mark is the best in the business. 314-889-0503 or go online at carltoninsurance.net for James Carlton, evergreenstl.com. For Marcana Evergreen Wealth Strategies. All right, let's go and do it. Let's go into it. Uh, let's see, I posted a picture of Jennings and Ariana Marie. Wonderful picture. It is a good picture. Uh, at the Hot Shots in South County uh, years ago. 
Here is the first question. What's your take? Oh, this is on the fan page. Mm. What's your take on the Carlson Stern riff? Carlson just trying to engage a large audience for clicks. Dead serious. When I initially read this, I was like, Dylan Carlson and David Stern? David Stern's arguing from the grave? And Dylan Carlson is mad about what? I'm dead. That is how. Yeah. Now I now know what it is. But I, I when I read it, I, whenever it was, it was a few hours ago. I, God, what the fuck's Carlson and Stern? That's that's. So it's Tucker Carlson and right. Howard Stern. Right. Not the Cardinals right fielder and the now NBA deceased, deceased NBA commissioner. Right. Um. I I know this of the story. That Howard Stern has been, and he has been for a while, um, incredibly outspoken regarding those who are vaccinated and those who are not. Right. Um, I gather I don't. I did. I haven't caught Tucker's program at about the same rate. Doug hasn't watched the <laughs> WWE. Right. I think they're actually the same show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but with that said. Um, I don't know what Tucker Carlson's saying. Here's here's one of the things. Here's a little pro tip. Jackson, I was saying this to you. We were talking about we were th- the, what we were talking about before we started this, and I got to get clearance with the gentleman um, to go into what we were talking about before we started QFTA because what transpired over the weekend in what was a QFTA, but I kind of would have to go into to, to some detail with it. But what I so I need to get permission from the person, even though I would never name the person anyway. Um, that. I was saying to Jackson, it, one of the things that is strange about this business, there are a lot of things that are strange about the business that we are in, it, but this one is one that nobody can prepare you for. And I was drawing the analogy to being a parent, which is why uh, if you ask me if and when the time comes that you're about to have a child, what it's like for advice, I will give it. Otherwise... I I will I just I don't want to say anything because it's one of those from my standpoint anyway, I feel like like I will inevitably if we do even post anything on social media when the baby's born you know it'll be like you know, I don't I mean and it, but people are saying it with good intentions sure so things along the lines of you know oh they grow up quick or you know don't blink they'll you know be he'll be going to college or things like that or you know I yeah. don't know I don't know love him now because you know in a few years he'll be a brat or things like that whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, I kind of feel like it's like it's like when somebody posts a picture of them and their significant other at a nice restaurant, wherever, and in, in a lovely part of the country or yeah. even in St. Louis. Uh, and and then <laughs> random person shows up. Oh, that's my favorite. Try the. And it's like. Eh. Didn't ask. <laughs> Thank you. Didn't ask. That's that's my go-to. Just didn't ask. <laughs> I mean, and it's like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't. But again, I don't think in that case or in the the drive-by, boy, they grow up quick. I just had, you know, feel like I just had mine, and now right, they're on their way to college or whatever. It's not ex- malicious. No, but it's a cliche that we're all just going to exchange with each other. I don't know. It's so I just. Everybody's experience is different. Right. I am quite certain if you were to have a son, your son will behave differently than my son. You know, it's just the, it, so I, and just because I have a child doesn't mean I'm an expert on it. 
If anything, the one thing you know is you don't know. And so I just don't want to ever tell anybody. It's such a it's it's truly something that unless you live it, there's almost no point in even trying to talk about it. Um, I recall saying to Sarah Bruce, who used to do a show with producer Joe and Jay Randolph Jr., I remember like a decade ago, probably now more like 12 years ago, because I think they were on in 2010. And I said, God, what is the deal with people posting pictures of their kids on social media? Mm. And now, fast forward 12 years, and I am, that's all I do on social media, <laughs> that and gifts. Right. That's that's all I do. But, but now I get it. Even though I don't really know with my situation, it's weird because people like to comment on my wife's appearance. And so why I, why I invite that, I have no idea. I guess, you know, it'd be weird to, like, cut Anna Marie out of the picture and just have me and my son. I think that would be a good look. <laughs> I am raising this child. <laughs> uh, but whatever. I don't, it's just, you know. It's, so, so what I was saying to Jackson is trying to tie this whole thing together. I do remember why I got off the exit. Uh, and now I will get back on the interstate, yep. is unless you've been there, you can't relate, even if I tried to describe it as much as possible. And the weird thing for being in the media is, uh, from the stuff that I don't like, I don't like being recognized. I'm, I'm not mad if somebody recognized sure. me at all. Sure. I recognize the deal, but... I, I like the quote unquote, and I use the term even loosely, local celebrity or celebrity element of it. Uh-huh. I could absolutely do without it. I feel like there are plenty of people who like being in media for the, again, quote unquote, because it's really not celebrity, it's local celebrity, and they love it. Like I could rattle off a few people who are in news or radio in St. Louis and go, yeah, they just love the fact that that it's an, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me thing. If no one knew, me, but I could still do the show. It'd be the greatest thing in the world. It also would be counterbalanced to income. Sure. Uh, so it cuts both ways. But if you are so well known that you know that if you walk outside, that you are going to be recognized. My example is when I would be hanging out with Jim Edmonds, and we would be at Ballpark Village. I'm just like, this is yeah, this is ridiculous. Right. Like we cannot walk through here. It's going to be now. When we would be in Jupiter, uh, maybe at that time, 10% of people, maybe, maybe would know who he is. Yeah. Maybe. It's a different deal. But in St. Louis, he knows, everybody knows who he is. Right. What I'm saying is, but he's got, he made like $90 million. See, for us in media, certainly there are people in media, starting being one of them, it's it's ridiculous money, but most people don't make ridiculous money. Right. And so you give up the anonymity, which to me is, I don't have anonymity, but just not being recognized or being hit with out of nowhere an email or a DM or something on social media that can just blow up your day. Right. You can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, just even if even if you're just like, oh, whatever. But it's just like, you, I could open up my phone and I just get sniped. Right. And that's not, that's something that I'm looking forward to not having in my life in a major way. And what I was saying to Jackson before we started the show is I think one of the reasons why we like being in Florida so much is we are detached from that. Even though, of course, we can get messages, the 
in St. Louis, it's like maybe one out of 20 probably people would recognize me. And that might be high because then I'm saying that's 5%. And I think that's probably high. But there's a chance that, that, that they do. Yeah. And that's... And and while I always enjoy talking with people, I really do. I love it. I mean, the people are the people that make the whole thing possible. It's a uh, it's a thing that you're like, oh, so you're on guard because you don't know if somebody's sure. going to. So that's the that's the difference. So how does this whole thing tie into the Tucker Carlson Howard Stern thing? So with Stern, I wonder if he is engaging. This with Tucker Carlson, or if Tucker Carlson's engaging with him. In other words, you don't punch down. And Howard Stern doesn't need to punch a tar- Tucker Carlson. No. But Tucker Carlson punching Howard Stern, if Howard Stern starts talking about Tucker Carlson, it's a great thing for Tucker Carlson. Big time. So if, for example, here at Hubbard, we ever got to a point where we really, truly did have hashtag radio wars with the Rizzuto show, yep. that'd be a great thing for TMA. Right. Because the Rizzuto show is the biggest show in St. Louis. Right. Now, both Riz and I, I don't think that's in our particular DNA. That's not in the future. I, I think it's kind of something that comes with, once you have a wife and, and children, you kind of go, yeah, I'm not interested in, in spending my time on, yeah. on that. Right. Uh, I think when you're single or maybe when your children are older or maybe you're just kind of in a whatever marriage, you okay, I got to fill my time and this is the way I'm going to do it. Or you just, you know, whatever. Or that that was the business back then when people would do that stuff. So you don't punch down, you punch up. So for Tucker Carlson, I would imagine he's like, oh, if Stern's going to mention me, this will be great. But I don't know if Howard has mentioned him. I think Howard has been just on this trip with the vaccine he went after aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. he went after what what was his thing last week that got tucker carlson going uh if i if, if hospitals should turn away people or right, 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 right that was the thing yeah um that he's just saying what he thinks now i can tell you this when i listen to him and i i usually am only listening to him do interviews now i don't listen for the like tan mom stuff and Ronnie the limo driver. He is so petrified of COVID that I don't think he has left his house. Mm -hmm. He's moved out to, he has a home in the Hamptons. So he's now out there. I don't know if he sold his place in Manhattan. I don't know. I don't think he'll ever come back into the studio at this point in his career. I'd be shocked. Yeah, it'd be pretty tough. Because once you get used to that and they've built a studio at your home, like, why would you yeah, ever? Why you would sound you? the exact same. And, you, and if, especially if you sold this place in Manhattan. So yeah, that's a definitely. whole commute. So, but I do listen to it and I think he is so freaked out by COVID that yeah. he uh, he's, he's viewing it through a prism that I don't think many people are at this point in January of 2022. So because of that, he is more passionate about the vaccine and confused about people who are not getting vaccinated. It is a different scene in New York than it is in St. Louis. Not that that's a surprising statement. No doubt. Uh, but we had Lisa Ann on, and she lives in Manhattan. And she went down to Florida for that Frank Gore-Darren Williams fight. And she's just like, this is, this is a totally different world than what I've been exposed to for the last two years. No doubt. And having lived in Florida for six months last year— you almost don't even think about it. Right. You really don't. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, and it's been six, seven months since I've been there. So I would imagine that it's still just kind of a, a different, different deal. So Howard says what he says, and uh, Tucker Carlson's going after him. Honestly, though, with regards to what's going on, I think Howard's truly saying what he thinks, and Tucker Carlson knows that if he talks about Howard Stern and Howard Stern talks about him, it's good for business. That's what, that, that would be my handicapping of the situation. Yeah, Howard's been not pulling punches ever since the pandemic started. Not so much about pe- He's confused about people not getting vaccinated, but he gets angry about pe- people spinning, you know, whether it be information that's false or otherwise, against the vaccine. He really gets mad about that. So he's he's definitely been honest and consistent throughout this. And, yeah, I think you're right that Carlson knows that if he goes after Stern, his numbers can go up. And I think Car- Tucker Carlson is just addicted to staying in the cycle. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, he's killing it with what he does. Sure. You know, sure. and Howard's yeah. killing it with what he does. Right. Uh, but, yeah, if you can get Howard Stern to mention you and go to war with you, it's good for business. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Um, and what I'm saying and how I tie it into our experience is, yeah, to be good for business. Like if, if we were to deal with a show, like if Howard Stern called us out, oh, my God, it'd be the greatest thing in the world. We'd be, yeah. It'd be the greatest thing in the world. It'd be amazing. Um, but, you know, if it's just one of those things. I just, I have no, ap- I, don't, I have no appetite for it. I am not cut out for media in 2022 where which is what Jackson and I were talking about. And like I said, I think it would actually be kind of an interesting discussion on QFTA if the yeah. person's cool with it, um, which is you're just going along and all of a sudden just uh, – I, I could open my phone right now and, and just get just get absolutely sniped. Oh, yeah. And you were saying, well, humans are not programmed to deal with what we are now dealing with in no. 2022. And whether you do what we do for a living or you're a ball player Anything. or you're just anybody yeah. – you're not programmed for no, it. Generations upon generations, the entire existence of human history is gone with people being accessible when they choose to be accessible. Right. We are now at a point in our life where we are all, every single one of us, you know, with some exceptions, are always accessible at all times. And that is both a great thing and it can also be a terrible thing. And we're just, I don't think humans are, are built to constantly be yeah, I, available I, for common, essentially. I just, I, I don't know. I think... I, I just don't see it as being a positive. I don't. I don't see it as being a positive, at all. Actually, I. I mean, to me, being able to unplug is so important to happiness. Mm-hmm. And at this moment, very rarely are people truly off. Right. Very rarely are people uh, truly on vacation. Yep. And that is uh, something that I think uh, then has a trickle-down effect to people's mental health. Oh, 100%. And then also, if they are parents, how they raise their children. Yeah. So, and then, of course, how that then impacts their children, who then will have to deal with social media themselves and the psychological effects on children being bullied or being the bullies on social media. I really, I mean, I just, at, at the core of it, uh, misinformation and social media being the gasoline on which the the fire is turned into an inferno. Though those are my, if you want me to pinpoint what has happened over the last couple of decades, that's that's what I got for you. Uh, all right, uh, let's see what we got next. Uh, Cletus popping up. Ooh, Cletus. Uh, am I stupid to think that some games are officiated to favor some teams and or players? That's from Cletus. Uh, I, I, I think that it goes on. I think that it uh, to think that uh, a 
teams would be in on it uh, if we're talking about the NFL. That is, I mean, if you look at how these games and all that has to happen athletically for things to happen, the NFL and football as a whole always have the out of the holding penalty. Yep. Because, as you oftentimes have heard, uh, there is a hold on every play. Somewhere on the field. Yes. And so you always have it. And then the commentary, oh, I think that was a ticky-tack. Well, right here you can see he grabs his jersey. And to me, however, if you are going to be rigging games, the games to rig would be the games that are off Yeah. The you know off the beaten path, yeah. the ones that people aren't having all their attention. It's going to be tough to do it prime time in the playoffs. Right. I mean, I just so I think what winds up happening is, uh, listen, would the NFL prefer to have at this point the Rams and Chiefs? I would imagine that's who they would prefer as the Super Bowl matchup. As no Jackson doubt. and I sit here and talk, I would no imagine doubt. so. Um, would that be absolutely something else if the Rams were hosting the NFC Championship game this weekend and the Chiefs were hosting and the Rams were still in St. Louis? Yeah, that would be that would be at another level. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, holy shit! Yeah. Um, but I just I could I see it being the case with officials? Yes. Could I see it being the case with players? As far as a team, no. I, I, and I don't want to say absolutely not, but it's close to being certain without being certain. I would say that an individual, yes, a team, no, in that position, um, and an official, yes, yeah, hundred percent. But I feel like NFL, and it's because of holding. Yeah, that, that that to me is where where you can get away with it. What was Donahue's move in the NBA? I remember I was I actually was cutting this best of a while ago, and I remember that interview vividly because he was saying that they would have meetings. Before the game, you know, they'd be playing, whatever, Detroit and Sacramento. And they would have meetings before the games and, the, like, the people above the officials, whoever is in charge of the officiating in the NBA, would say, hey, we want you to focus on this, this, and this in this game. And the refs would turn to each other and say, if we call the game like they want us to, there's no way X team can win. There's mm-hmm. no way that they could possibly win. Uh, and so, and, 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 But basketball, much more so than football, is much easier – to manipulate in the sense because you can get one player or one ref, and that can totally change the outcome. Whereas if you're getting a wide receiver on an NFL team, right. good luck. Right. And, you know, it's not a for certain, but especially for over-unders, a point guard can take the ball up real slow. Right. A missed free throw at the free throw line does not look weird. No. A, a pass that goes out of bounds on a certain play does not look weird. Yeah. NFL, if an offensive lineman just stands straight up and lets a guy get sacked, that looks really, really weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so I mean, I, I think it would be naive to think that it does not go on. But mm-hmm. as far as a league, and or team, uh, doing it like, you know, whether it be the Rams and Buccaneers yesterday, or, you know, I watched that game. Doug and I disagreed on Tom Brady looking terrible. It was the Buccaneers' offensive line. Yeah. But I, but I. But but I understand he did miss he missed a he missed a wide open Scotty Miller uh, right. in the fourth quarter, but overall he just didn't have the time. Right. And you knew going in that the Buccaneers' offensive line situation and the Rams they were without their left tackle as well mm-hmm. could be a factor in that game that it wouldn't be a, a shootout. Um, but both but I thought my reasoning for going with the Buccaneers Rams over in pick six was because they're both so good against the run. 
they're not going to run the football as much as they would if if the opposition was not. And then, therefore, you're going to have more pass plays, which inevitably will lead to more stopped clock, which increases the number of plays, which then increases the probability of going over the total. That, that's how I arrived at my conclusion, if people want to hear me show my work. Um, and so, you know, Leonard Fournette, you know, outstanding running back, but that's not necessarily um, going to help you against the Rams' defense. And, uh, you know, boy, we saw Cam Akers uh, mishandle the football fumbling twice. Great mm-hmm. running back, back from his Achilles injury, but uh, not at uh, the level where he's going to just be able to go off against that Buccaneers' right. defense. This is a different situation here uh, coming up for these teams in the, in the conference championship games. I don't know how unless the weather is crazy. And I know over and the Bengals and Chiefs, I would imagine it goes up. I know it was at 54 when I woke up this morning. I could see it already having gone up. Yeah, I, I know it sounds so square, but I just don't know how the Bengals and Chiefs isn't like a yeah. college football shootout, Big yeah. 12 kind of game. 100%. What's the spread on that? Seven and a half. Chiefs minus seven and a half. That surprised me. I've been the Bengals guy here throughout. So here's my thought process on why. I think the Bengals are, especially if you want to wager on the Bengals, are a huge beneficiary of playing the first game of the weekend, the Saturday. And so the last game, of course, was the Chiefs and Bills. That's the most fresh in people's memory. I mean, Patrick Mahomes completed, what, his last 10 passes. They looked unstoppable. If you're the Bengals, if you're betting on the Bengals, it's like, great. People are in their recency bias are going to be all over the Chiefs. There's no way that the Bengals can stop them. This Bengals thing is going to run out eventually. I think if you're betting on the Bengals, it was great that they played first as opposed to playing, you know, Sunday. You know, it's down to seven. It's down oh, to seven. Okay. It was well, seven and a half, and the over is now at fifty-four and a half. That Total. entire soliloquy I just gave <laughs> incorrect. Yeah, but it's still, it's still. I mean, the Bills were two or two and a half point underdogs, and that's saying that the Bengals are five point different than the Bills, and I just yeah. don't see it that way. I know that sounds right now that is contrary to everything that people are saying in media regarding Josh Allen's at a different level. Well, Joe Burrow's at a different level. Yeah, yeah. And I would tell you this, Joe Burrow has more to work with, with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, C.J. Ozuma. I mean, these guys are yeah, damn good, but I keep players. going back to, I think people ignore them or underrate them because they're the Bengals. Yeah. And that is, yeah. I think, the core issue, which is why I felt like there was value on, I mean, that dumb bet that I put in, Remember that? Yeah, it could be. It could pay off. Yeah, I mean, if the Bengals and 49ers both win, I am getting paid no matter what. I put right. uh, money on the Bengals at plus 8000 to beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl, and I put uh, money on the 49ers to beat the Bengals at plus 6500 because I thought I was looking at them going, the ba- I think the Bengals are going to beat the Titans. It's just a matter of can the Bengals beat the Bills or Chiefs. Right. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people were saying last night that that was kind of the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and Bills. And I, I, I just don't see it. I see I don't know. the way the Niners run the football, it's going to be really hard for them to get blown off the field. Because the way they move the football yeah. on the field with their run, I mean, I, Jimmy Garoppolo is hit or miss, and their defense has some holes in it. But it, the way that they can run the ball with Mitchell and Samuel is next level It is good. something else. Yeah, it, it is, is something next else. level good. And I think that they'll always stay in games because of that. I, uh, I I I I want them to win both, even if I didn't have that money out there. But yeah, now exactly. that I have that money out there, I mean, there was two little ten dollar bets, so it's right, not like it's going to change my life. But eight hundred fifty dollars or yeah. whatever the hell it is, eight eight hundred. And all you need is them to both win this these next two. Like you need the uh, well, yeah. If the Bengals win and the Forty Nine ers win, I automatically win. Yeah, I you bet make them both. Great money, so it's it's so uh, yeah, it's great. But it's uh, I wonder what those odds are now on that. Obviously, they've been reduced substantially. Um, before I go to that, let me tell the great people listening to the podcast. 
about Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling. Online at designairservice.com. I am a client of Design Air Heating and Cooling. Jackson's parents are clients of Design Air Heating and Cooling, and I recommend you become one as well. I'm telling you, Jackson. I mean, by the time that, uh, that you know, February rolls around, I don't know if we're going to have I mean, at least looking at the forecast, there is nothing in the forecast between now and next Wednesday for snow. Wow. This is this is crazy what's going on. I'm thrilled. Right, because we were dipping in the uh, in the dangerous numbers, especially for snow. Right, but uh, at this point, nothing doing. But it's still cold. Boy. And if you are dealing with any issues there, make sure that you are dealing with the great Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. In the market for a new car, in the market for a pre-owned car, and you need to get your car fixed, you need to get your car serviced, make sure you're working with the great Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson at Munganest, stlouisaccurate.com and altontoyota.com. It's Munganest. It's where I got my car, and it's where we get our car serviced as well, and we recommend you do the same. It's Munganest, stlouisaccurate.com, altontoyota.com. If you want a connection, email me, tmckernan at insidestl.com, and I'll make the introduction for you to any of our sponsors. Uh, Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson, who we work with at Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and AltonToyota.com. Current numbers, uh, Chiefs plus 25 to 125 to win the Super Bowl, Rams plus 200, 49ers plus 425, and Bengals plus 900. I can't believe that they're going to – I just – I don't get it. But I guess uh, I'm telling you, I think that recency bias with the Chiefs is going to affect some things. I mean, I, the thing is about the – as much as I am high on the Bengals, and I want to make this clear just because I'm high on the Bengals, they will win. Right, 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 I right. operate in probabilities. So my buddy, who is known as the Wizard, sure. killed it in that NFL contest in Las Vegas. By going 64% against the spread. I think he finished like 29th. 64% against the spread. And finished 29th? And finished 29th. Oh, my God. So, well, he's up against, you know, yeah, the professional handicap, like, uh, the best in the world. Crazy. And what I would tell you is, that's great. I mean, that's absurd. I'm winning pick six at 55%. Granted, yeah. it's that's a coin-flipping square show. But nonetheless, uh, that also means he loses almost four out of ten of the games he picks. Right. So, but 64% is profitable. Yeah, it's all So that's, and that's a, it's a tough thing to kind of wrap your mind around. It's like when you're playing poker, and I've gotten back into it just because, you know, what the fuck else am I going to do? My wife's nine months pregnant. It's freezing cold out. Um, and somehow I'm better now than I was when I stopped playing. And I don't know what the hell the deal with that is. Something, I do, must be doing something differently. I think maybe just willing to lose, mm-hmm. which is so important in the game, that if you are a favorite even if you're uncomfortable with it, the right play is to get your money in. Yeah. Even though you might be going, oh, shit, I'm on the bubble for cashing or whatever, which can be a way that people can can lose chips uh, just by going, okay, I'll fold my way in. So with, with, with regards to gambling, from my standpoint, these the, the Chiefs and Bengals play, the Rams and 49ers play, and then they, the winners play in the Super Bowl, and they do that 10 times. How many times do I think the Bengals win both those games to win the Super Bowl? Shit, at the very least, two out of ten. Yeah, that's how I see it. At the very least, two out of ten. I was gonna say three. And if that's the case, then getting nine to one on your money, right? Which is what thirteen uh, ish, twelve and a half percent ish. I think I'd be the exact math. You know, if 
you know, th- there's your edge. If you, if you, you know, you calculate it yourself, but if you go, okay, yeah, I think two out of five, two out of 10, or in your case, three out of 10, well, then you have an eight point edge. Right. So that is, that's how you arrive at your conclusions. That's how you play poker. Well, I've got it, you know, 75%. I think that he's on this hand, but you know, you know, you always have to allocate 5% to error. That's, that's the, that's the game, but they have absolutely nothing and they're just playing it like they have something. And that's the thought process on on everything. So from that standpoint, yeah, the Bengals at plus nine hundred, nine to one, shit, you know. I mean, I, but I think they're the because they're the Bengals, they're getting underestimated. Sure, that's what I've. That's the conclusion I've come to because I don't know who has, and I'd include the Chiefs in there, which might sound crazy. The Chiefs, as far as who has the best. Two pass catchers and quarterback combination, uh-huh. Chiefs. Yeah, who, who's gonna who's gonna outdo that? No. Okay, I mean because you can go well. I mean the 49ers have the Debo Samuel thing and, and Kittle. Yeah. Great. The the uh, the Rams have Coop, Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. Great, but you know when you can go as deep as Jamar Chase, uh, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, and Joe Burrow. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm missing here, and I'm telling you, people might be going. Well, he was sacked nine times that offensive line, and I don't know how closely you watch the Bengals and Titans, but a lot of those sacks were Burrow holding on to the ball, and it's because they were setting up pass plays where he didn't have a checkdown option, and yeah. I just think they're going to correct that, and I think they're going to. I don't know. I just think they're going to put up some points. It seems it seems so oddly obvious, but I don't know if the NFL can set an over under it like sixty. No, no. you know, so, and especially when you don't know what the weather is going to be, and it is going to be cold, and you know, maybe somebody goes up really big early and then just grinds clock. But from my standpoint, I don't know how either one of those defenses can stop either one of those offenses. Right, and that's how I arrive at it, it being like I know it's super square. Everybody's going to be on it. I just don't know how in the world that game is a low scoring game. Uh, all right, next question. Going into the email, uh, Tim Pringle, congratulations on the move to 105.7 HD2 and 101 ESPN. Balloon Party is a must-listen-to show with just enough sports for someone like me who has listened to TMA since 2011. I've also listened to your podcast since the beginning, and while I understand not talking politi- politics on TMA, I was disappointed to hear you have no interest in discussing them on the podcast anymore. I'm not just talking uh, national politics. Some of your best interviews you've had have been with local government officials. I'm not trying to change your mind, or maybe I am, but think about the things you said before they happened and how few people were saying what you were saying at the time and how they all wound up being correct. The morning after November November 2016 election— you said, while all of the attention is on Trump, the one that is a problem that no one's talking about is Eric Greitens. Uh, you told John Danforth to his face that Josh Hawley was not who he thought he was. Uh, you said in February of 2020 that Joe Biden was going to be the nominee when it looked like his campaign was all but done. I got to correct the record on that. I said the same thing we were just talking about now. I think he was 8-1 to one to be the nominee, and I was laying out why I thought that was way too high of numbers and to, to, to refresh uh it was because if i'm not mistaken the two leading delegate counts were bernie sanders and amy klobuchar i believe maybe pete Buttigieg. uh 
And I'm just like, they're not going to let Bernie Sanders win the nomination, not just because he would likely lose to Donald Trump, but because they'd be worried about the impact of having a Democratic Socialist on the ticket would have down ballot. So they're going to do something there. And Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar were not pulling well with certain demographics. And I'm just like, the only person is Joe Biden. And even though Biden was like, I don't, people, I think we're thinking he might just shut it down. Um, you weren't on the show then, right? No, mm-hmm. you could have been. It's 2020. No. Um, so I, I, I did not say that Joe Biden would be the nominee. I just, I can't, you know, I appreciate it. I know it's intended to be a compliment. Just I said, there, I said from an odd standpoint, Joe Biden uh, is still alive in this thing. And at eight to one or something like that, here is how I think he could arrive at being the nominee. Uh, you said throughout 2020 that you couldn't picture Donald Trump ever conceding defeat, even getting into a bit of an argument with Doug about it on TMA. And the night before January 6th, you said you were concerned it was going to be a violent day in Washington the next day. In a business in which a bunch of people moved the goalposts, you called all these shots on this podcast or on TMA. Let me put it a different way. If any of the – is somebody trying to get into this? I feel like somebody – every time I look around, there's like a, no, a ghost. There's just always people walking around, which is <laughs> a new concept for us. So. Exactly. So. And I'm like, somebody trying to get in? Have they finally come to get me? Uh, all right. Let's see what I'm saying. Uh, let me put it a different way. If any of the six of you on pick six picked football games like you called these shots on politics, would you stop talking sports gambling? I think you're making a mistake by not talking politics. And what separated your podcast from TMA was a willingness to talk about politics and upset both conservatives and liberals or endear yourself to both conservatives and liberals. You always talk about how you like when you can find someone who you don't know what they're going to say regarding an issue before you watch or listen to them. That's what that's what this podcast was with politics. And I think it's a miss to avoid the topic entirely, especially with where things are right now. Thank you. That comes from Michael Thielen or Thielen. Um, yeah, I don't know. What to, I, well, here's where I am on talking politics. I'm uninformed at the moment because I'm detached. So, you know, I watched Bill Maher this weekend. First time, I guess he had been off for a while. Bill Maher now is, I don't want to say he's hated by liberals, but it, it, his whole thing. Are you aware of this, by the way? Yeah, he's kind of playing both sides of the aisle. A I don't bit. know if he's. Pl- I don't know what he's doing. It kind of seems. I, like I actually have a theory on it, and okay. I will. I, I have written about it, but I'll say it here. Um, but I hadn't watched his show, just like I don't watch John Oliver anymore, because I'm so detached from politics. Because I, I'm out. The January sixth ended it, as I think I said on last week's politics, which is what likely led to this email. I, I'm not following. It, I'm so. I'm so nauseated by how people can even attempt to spin January 6th. And that was it. That was my moment. That was where that was where I'm like, then if, if we can't agree on that, then there's no point. Right. And, I, and it's sad, uh, but my life is happier not just not even following it or engaging. Yeah, not consuming any of the content. My The things that this gentleman cites as being... Um, called shots that wound up being correct um, were not policy called shots. To me, it was obvious Eric Greitens was a fraud. And I, and by the way, I know right now that there's a good chance he's going to be a, a U.S. senator. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know if there are odds on it. Um, but he'll win the nomination and 
you know, Republicans going to win. So whoever runs Democrat, uh, Democratic ticket on that uh, election, not going to win. So if he wins the primary, he's going to be a U.S. senator. Uh, but to me, that was obvious. The Josh Hawley thing, to me, was obvious. Uh, Greitens and Hawley, even though they did battle, uh, share some of the same traits. It, but, but, but this is not a Republican thing. Now, I happen to be talking about two Republicans right here. This goes on the Democratic side, which I guess is what the person is saying, that I will call a ball a ball and a strike a strike. Right. So Hillary Clinton would be somebody who I, while I voted for her, it was because I was voting against Donald Trump. I'm just like, yeah, this is somebody. I guess I think the trait that I recognize is somebody who is willing to say or do anything to win. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Because I'm trying to, because I have happened, he's right, I've been right, but it's not like I'm like, I think this economic policy or I think this foreign policy is wrong. Um, because I'm not, it'd be, it'd be so disingenuous to come on here and talk about economic. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm clearly in overhead. So maybe I can recognize tells in human behavior. Yeah. But I don't think for me to talk politics, I don't think the public's really missing out. (laughs) I I may have good reads on people. I'll concede that. But I don't I don't know. You know, Doug Doug was over here during commercial breaks today saying, oh, my God, the stock market's down 800 points. And, you know, somebody texted him, well, the reason is because, you know, Russia's about to invade Ukraine and the market's nervous. Like, God, I had no idea about any of that. <laughs> no idea about it. None. Right. Right. None. Fifteen months ago, I would have been well aware of it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, and I don't, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I don't, where are you on it? Do you like to talk about it? I mean, I know you weren't, you weren't doing a podcast like I was, yeah, so it's a different deal. But where are you on the discussion? A lot of it? stuff just makes me so angry and just in a bad place and i hate like i hate ever being angry like if i could live my whole life right so never... like why bring that into one's life right Sorry, but i'm I, getting a chair to no, settle it's in all good um Ugh. i think but being informed i also think is good in a sense but at the end of the day you know but we're not debating right like i don't policy I, or people we're debating truth and information yeah which is never and, and, and it's I, just it's just and then it's just it's brutal. no win situation because you're That's the right, thing. you're the right, and you're calling out someone who thinks they're right, or you're wrong, and they think they're. I mean, it's just to me, it's just so much. Not really into it, but at the same time, I also feel like I should be more knowledgeable about stuff because I don't want to be out of the loop. But at the end of the day, like I got enough to do, man. I don't need to necessarily be. You know, scrolling the AP. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're debating philosophy or policy. Not only would I be happy to be wrong, but I'd be intrigued. But to debate what is true and what's not, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm go, and, and that's that's why the thing with January 6th, I'm just like, okay, holy shit, I can't believe that. Right. That one shocked me. That one shot. That was that was the moment I go, okay, that'll do it. I'll, as the cat used to say, check please. <laughs> check, I'm, please good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. You, you guys, you, you, holy shit. We're yeah. actually doing this. I know, yeah. And, I, and by the way, something I said, and if you, in, in this case, this person clearly has been listening to the podcast for a long time. I used to sit with Gangster Pete and go, I, I, I think it's going to hit rock bottom. I don't know what it's going to be. And as I watched television on January 6th, I go, okay, here it is. Yeah. So as bad as that was, I thought at least it's happened. And now, you know, while there was loss of life, it could have been incredibly way worse. Right. Um, now that'll end it. 
And initially it did. Initially it did. You had Republicans condemning the whole thing. And now those same Republicans are now spitting. And I'm going, okay, that's that, that just it. That's yeah. I'm, I'm done. I don't know. I, I, you know, so much of the, all the stuff that you hear out there, it just feels like it was manufactured, like it was came up within a board boardroom, sent out to people, and then they say it almost. And I can't, I can't, I can't rock with that. I I don't know, 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 I don't know. I I I don't. I honestly, at this moment, I don't regret it. But with regards to what Pete and I used to say and how I feel about it now, and making it one hundred percent clear. My perspective when I was talking with Pete was of somebody who followed it, and my perspective now is somebody who is detached from it. Um, I, you know, people I think would always because people want to hear it's it's the characters on uh, Don't Look Up the the mm-hmm. Tyler Perry and um, Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. Uh, you know, people you know we put a little sugar in the medicine to make it go down. People want to hear an uplifting thing. I I didn't do it with Pete. Uh, I said something terrible is going to happen, and then, well, something terrible happened, and it didn't matter. I think this thing, I, I legitimately am super concerned about it. And I don't even like to say it um, because well, you know, I, don't, I just don't like the idea of it. But I, 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 have, I think we are so far from the rock bottom now. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who think I'm good on my predictions, you probably don't like to hear this, but... At this point, I think the rock bottom isn't even close, and I have absolutely no idea what the solution is. None. I have no idea. It is going to be, in my opinion anyway, brutal. I don't know if it will change, actually. I think things will change, but I think they will be negative, and I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I just don't... I I don't know, man. I, I, I am so... I, I, in a way, concerned, in another way, stunned that it's gotten to this point. Um, it's, it's, it's terrifying. I, I guess it would be if you like you think what the possibilities are, but, um, well, what? Okay, what do you when you say it's terrifying? What are you thinking? Like, if how bad the twenty twenty election was and the, everything around it. Think about twenty twenty four. Right. That's you know, where that's where I am. Like, I'm just like okay. We've got another, you know, whatever, what is it, 32 months or something like that. I don't even know, 30, right, 34 right. months, I guess. Um, I just, it's going to be, it's going to be, I, and I don't, I don't know how it's not. Yeah. Uh, I will say with, you know, again, I guess we're working on predictions on just observations, not necessarily policy, because I'll be the first one to say I do not know it, but I gather, yes, this person makes a good point that I have made good observations on what is to come with elections and or behavior of politicians. Um, Joe Biden will not be uh, sworn in on January in January of 2025. Um, that is not because of necessarily any kind of... Um, uprising uh i just don't think he will either run or i don't think he will win mm-hmm. um and not because he will win but there will be some kind of overthrow uh, i just don't think i just don't think that's happening. i mean his his approval ra- rating is 33 percent. that is lower than donald trump's ever was it's rough so it, it's just not happening i just i, I ne- but at the same time i never thought no no i, don't I never thought he was a two-term guy anyway no 
Um, and so from that standpoint, um, that's, that's not, it's just, it's just what winds up happening. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what, it's like, what are you going to do about it? Right. So, right. It's, and it's just, it's scary to think about the possibilities and all you can hope for is, uh, I don't even, you know, peace, you know, in the truest sense, just the disagreements. But how, how could that, but that's the thing. Know, that's why I, I get, that's like I how, I don't know how there can be. Right. So it's like, okay, I'm going to enjoy these 32, 34 months. And I just think all hell is going to break loose. And if you're, and if you're not thinking that, that's great. Right. But at the same time, as I've said before, I am envious of people with faith. I'm talking about religious faith. I think it's a much more peaceful way to go right. through life. Right, because there's serene. so much unexplainable stuff in life. And-, and then you've come up with things that, you know, while I might not share the views— you believe, not you particularly, the royal no. you, that it, that when someone passes away, that's not the end, and so yeah. on and so forth. Right. So if you are of the opinion, oh, I think things are going to get better, then great. See, I don't go, oh, you're dumb, you're stupid, because no. that's what I th- that's how I think people wind up alienating. They talk down to, yeah. or they call everybody who voted for Donald Trump a racist. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just that that's that's a, that's a that's a great way to you know exacerbate a chasm. Um, I, I, I don't share religious views, but I recognize a lot of great people do. And if anything, I'm envious that they do. I personally can't get there. Same thing with this situation. I, I, I would actually love to hear, and this I know will probably lead to monster emails, but it's fine. I, and I probably wouldn't read them on the podcast just because they would probably be in order to really go through it. They would have to be large emails and really well thought out, but I'd be curious how somebody who is observing what is going on and what is to come in November of 2024 uh, is not concerned. Right. And, or specifically perhaps January of 2025. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm just like, it's coming, and I don't really know how it, all hell doesn't break loose, but it's coming, and what, what the fuck am I going to do here? I'll raise my kids and try to be a good husband, and you know, I, I don't know what I, what what can I what can I do? I, spend time sweating it? I don't know. Yeah, there's no there's no. And on top of it, I'm sure there are plenty of people listening to this, Jackson, who are going, what "The fuck's this guy even talking about?" You know. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm envious of those who don't share my view. Right. You know. Right. Right. It's a it, it's a scary thought to have, but if you if you don't, it's uh, ignorance is bliss almost. Like if you literally just don't think about it or don't even want to know about it. Which is why I think I've, I I tapped out on paying attention to it because once the January 6th thing happened and people as a whole didn't go, you know, or they reasoned it away by, now that was Antifa or, you know, or whatever. It, it, it's yeah. just, okay, this, it's, it, it, it's, it's gone. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. And I, I have no idea who the individual is who could run for office, run for the presidency, in in win in November 2024, where the country would not be raging on one side of the aisle. Right. It's it's uh, it's almost to a point where that's just not a possibility. So it's coming, and I have no. I, I just I don't know how it. I don't know how it doesn't happen. But I'm hopeful that it, right. I just have I have no solution. We, we we spent a lot of time both on TMA and on 101 ESPN this morning, talking about 
the overtime situation in the NFL. Right. Well, I can provide solutions there. Right. Now, there may be reasons why the NFL won't enact the solutions. On this one, I've got nothing. I've yeah. got this problem that is, I think, probably bigger than anything any of us have ever faced. Right. Uh, and I have no solution to it. So I don't like being a person who's presenting problems without a solution. But I, I am super concerned. I know that since... You know, this email lists a bunch of things that I've been right about. This isn't necessarily anything anybody wants to hear since there is a track record of being right on this stuff. But I don't know how all hell does not break loose uh, November 2024, January 2025. I hope I hope that I am wrong in a major, like more so than any other thing that I've ever hoped I've been be wrong on. Uh, what else did he say? Yeah, that I remember that having the conversations with Doug about, I just can't picture, and it wasn't intended to be provocative at all. I said, I just can't picture Donald Trump conceding that he lost the election. But I never saw that coming. Like, what wound up happening, right. I never saw coming. Right. I just couldn't picture him... Ever saying. I, I, Ever saying like, like, congratulating right. or, you know, doing what McCain did in 2008. Or yeah. even as much as she, you know, it was the morning after, it was not the night of uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016... Uh, Al Gore eventually in January of 20, 2001. Um, I just I I just couldn't picture that. So that's what I was talking about. I wasn't like, don't you see that there's going to be you know an, no. an attack on the Capitol and in, in like that wasn't what I was thinking. So um, you know to be clear, it's not like I called that shot. But the night before, the only reason I was hip to the January sixth thing is I was aware of some people who, you know are really into it, for lack of a better term, and they had taken work off to go to D.C. on January 6th. And I thought to myself, there's got to be more about this January 6th thing than those of us who are not in that mindset are aware of. That was was the only reason why. But I had no idea. I mean, again, so I, like I said, I'll take compliments all day long, but I've got to clarify on some of this stuff that it's not like I was just calling shots because... Uh, I was not uh, calling those shots. I was concerned it was going to be violent, but I was concerned it was going to be violent. Just kind of like, okay, I know these people are going and took off work to go, and this just isn't just your average rally. No. There's got to be something going on, but no. I had no idea what it was. Especially if you're going and you're not in support of the person who's going to be sworn in as president in two weeks. Right. If you're going in support of the guy who lost, Something more than meets the eyes, right? And and by the way, this isn't the, the these people I'm talking about. We're not people who are no, going no. to do that. They they just were going to um, want to see what was going to happen because they they were in touch with that, you know, that part of America that that was going there, you know, and aware of it. Yeah. I think that's the other thing. I think there's a large portion of the country that has no idea. And again, ignorance is bliss. Sure, but uh, man. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. He's right in the sense that if any of us on pick six were picking football games, you know, like if somebody would have said, hey, you know, I know it's week 17 and it might not look like it, but the two most dangerous team in the playoffs are going to be the Bengals and 49ers. And then we're sitting here on conference championship. We can go, God, how the fuck did producer Joe know about the Bengals and 49ers? We wouldn't like, oh, let's not talk about football anymore. You know, yeah, hundred percent. So if somebody was hitting these, you know, things that people weren't saying, but again, I don't think I called policy. Well, I know I didn't call policy, you know, right or wrong. 
I've got reads on people, and I've got reads on human behavior. That's what I've got, which I guess is a good thing in poker and business. Sure. Um, but, but unfortunately, because of that, I am so sad, I guess, sad and, you know, concerned about the next few. It's not even like the next few years. It's just, it's not. I don't know. I don't know how it goes back to. I don't even know. And and I can't ask for you for a frame of reference because you were so young when it was even going on. I don't know. I don't know. You can't put social media's toothpaste back in. Yeah, no. You can't put misinformation back in. Nope. Um, I saw on the fan page, I think it was last week, Timmy Recaps, QFTA MVP, post a screenshot of headlines on a bunch of major... Yeah. uh, Did you see that? Uh Uh-huh. And goes, how do we fix this? It was a rhetorical question, but I looked at it and go, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's that's it. It's not... It's profitable. Yeah, news for profit. It's profitable. It's also... The solution is not to have it be state-run. That's, 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 you know, that's... That's North Korea. That's, that's Soviet Korea, Union. Russia, yeah. So that's that's not the solution. It's just, it's a business model. Giving bad information is a business model, or not giving some information that would upset your audience is a business model. And you know what you have to do each day. It's, you know, yeah. in a way, it's why, um, you know, to tie it into sports and local sports, I know what audiences want to hear. You know, they don't want to hear for, for the, the crocky conversation, St. Louis has blood on its hands. No, now, I know that that is not something that is talked about in St. Louis, but St. Louis has blood on its hands. Yep. Now, that doesn't make Stan Crocky the guy wearing the white hat, but it's not like it was all. No, we, we weren't the all-out victims. There was, well, there was letting the Cardinals leave or messing the expansion thing up, and then there was putting the top-tier clause in the, in the lease that got the Rams here in 1994. So you have all of those factors uh, in addition to the Rams were saying before Stan Kroenke was the majority that they wanted to g- get this thing worked out and St. Louis wasn't reciprocating. So, you know, St. Louis has blood on its hands. It doesn't mean that the NFL process was on the up and up. No. But it's something that um, is not popular to say here. Nope. So, you know, and when we were talking about it, when we were talking about, hey, the Rams are going to move, it's not like that was met with with great uh, enthusiasm because obviously it's a negative thing. So on this one, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever go back into it. And by that, I mean talking about it on the podcast or having political guests on the podcast. I don't know. What do you think, Jackson? I think a political guest would be more interesting than just like a full on political discussion. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I, my political discussions will always be about the people. Sure. But the, you see, the reason why I think that is so it, it's an out because then you're not talking policy. But my reason being, if somebody is a quality human being, then when the time comes to make a decision that is brutal, I believe that person is going to make, is going to do the right thing. Now, yeah. what is the right thing then gets into a whole other philosophical Subjective. discussion. Yeah. Um, I guess the way I would look at it is make a decision that might to the public look terrible, but you know is the right thing. Right. Making the right decision no matter what. The cost is to the individual. Sure. And do I think Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump would do that? Absolutely not. Uh, I just I just don't. Yeah. 
Uh, do I think John McCain and Barack Obama would do that? Yes, I do. Yeah. And just by giving a compliment to those people, I know I've alienated, you know, but, but th- that is, that's, that's what I, but I also realize for many people, they look at it, well, what, what benefits me and my 401k or what benefits the economy or sure. my business or my family has this much money and therefore, you know, we might think Donald Trump is whatever negative adjective, but his policies benefit us. And then therefore, you know, and it's not like we're on board with Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden. So we're going to go ahead and sign up for that. So I don't think we've ever gotten into political policy discussion on here. We've just talked about the landscape. Yeah. Um, people. Yeah. But I mean, I've certainly had conservatives and liberals on the podcast. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm just detached from it. Yeah. But I, but my, my, uh, cognizance of it has never been lower since I've been in broadcasting. My awareness of what's going on, never lower. Uh, my concern, never higher. And and, it, and it's not rooted necessarily in super short term. It's just rooted in, I think, the next three years. I'm just going, this is, I have no idea how all hell doesn't break loose. But man, would it be wonderful. I just don't know how, it, how all hell doesn't break loose. Yeah. I have no idea what the solution is when it comes to November 24th. Uh, how the hell does not break loose? All right, let's wrap this one up here. How long do we go, Jackson? We got an hour. We an hour twenty. Wow, hour twenty. We got. And I be- feel like it's short. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, and it's we've short. already done what four hours of radio. Yeah, I think we're if we would go to one, I think this would be six hours of broadcasting. Yeah. So we got Deeb's email though. Oh, we did have a Deeb's email. I would like to hear that. I think okay. that's a nice little kicker. T top. Mm. What do you think the W two reportable income is for like? the top bartender with the sweetest gig in St. Louis, assuming they reported all cash tips as income. Do you think it would be a man or woman? I think prob a lady. It's horny, older, wealthy regulars that drain tips on smoke bartenders mostly, I think. Def some established bartender bros at old school strants would be up there too, but I think the horniness of guy patrons tips at female tended bars tip the scales. I think the smoke show established 20, 30-year-old bay bartenders win out on income. Your thoughts? Thanks, Deebs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Deebs lemming. Oh, how can you I, I, I like Deebs to be on Pepper and Genie. Yeah, I think he should produce it. Um, definitely a lady. Yeah, I mean. That's not even a question. Uh, definitely a lady. I, I know one lady who is a very high-up bartender at a very popular place. Ooh, cryptic. Yeah, I'm not going to say, just for safety, but she makes good money. What does she make? I don't know the exact, but I know she's gone home with some couple hundred dollars in tips, closer to like the four digits. Oh, uh, yeah, I was I was wondering, therefore, do you think that she's making like $150,000 a year bartending? Or Probably not that, but making above the average income for, and then just on tips. So. God, I don't, I mean, I trying to go into the into the think tank on this and how it would work because if you had if you had like a Las Vegas kind of spot right but that didn't happen in here so like where would it even go on you know at this moment I guess like wheelhouse maybe I don't know yeah well um I think that I think almost I think a more like populated county bar would actually might yield you more than say like a a party spot because the wheelhouses of the world and some of the other bars that are more geared toward younger folks have the deals where it's cheaper and the clientele is usually a little younger meaning they probably have a little less money 
I think if you had a spot at a popular county bar that's a little more upscale mm-hmm. where the bar is one of the, the big things, maybe say in Napoli or something. Yeah. You might yeah, that's a nice you, you might yield a higher a nice number because and especially if people are there and they're not like bar hopping. Like if they're going there and they'll get there at nine thirty or ten and drink till one. Yeah. I think you're gonna yield some really nice tips. I think that would be better so more so than like a, a spot downtown like a patios or a wheel. I'm following you. I'm following you and I agree with your logic. Yeah, I mean, Deebs wants a number. I, I, God, what do you think, Jackson? I'll say an even hundred. I'll say an even hundred k a year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like going higher than that. I just, I, I, I think I could, I think I could get there if I did math. math right, but I'm just doing this off the, yeah, off the top of my head. And this is just in tips. So I, th- I don't know. I think, I think it'd have to be more than that. Actually, oh, just in tips. I, th- I thought that's what the question okay. was. If it's the average income in total, then maybe 150, 200. Okay. Uh, Deebs, uh, it's wonderful to have you back. Uh, email <laughs> in tmckernan at insidestl.com. Thank you to the homeloanexpert.com. Thank you to James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Thank you to Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Thank you to the great Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson of Munganess St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. And thank you to Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling. Uh, we are very grateful for your sponsorship of the Tim McKernan Show podcast and all of our shows. Uh, time for us to shut it down. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.